The information contained in this podcast is general in nature and is not to be taken as financial or personal advice. It does not consider your objectives, financial situation or needs. You should consider whether this information is suitable for you and your personal circumstances before acting on it. Hi, and welcome to The Home Run, your guide to buying your first home in Australia. On this show, I'll walk you through the home buying process from every angle. We cover the steps to take, the pitfalls to avoid, and the answers to all your questions you've been dying to ask. No matter what stage you're at, you'll learn everything you need to know about buying your first home. I'm your host, Michael Nasser, and I'm a mortgage broker at Lens Street, and I really love helping people buy their first home. Today we're speaking to Elaine Davies. Elaine is a Sydney-based buyer's agent with over 15 years of experience. She's the author of Mind, Body, Sold, Your Holistic Guide to Buying Property Like a Pro, and founder of New Road Property, a buyer's agency dedicated to helping people realize their property dreams. In today's episode, we'll be discussing what a buyer's agent is and does, and how they can help first-home buyers in their property journey. You'll hear what a buyer's agent is, the role that they can play in a property transaction, how to approach real estate agents, and the most common mistake she sees first-home buyers making. All right, let's jump in. I just wanted to get started by getting to know you. Tell us a bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. I've got a bit of a varied background, but for the last probably 20 years, I've been working in real estate here in Sydney, and I was a real estate agent. Buyers agents were just beginning to come into, not even their own, but into fruition. And I just didn't like the way buyers were being treated, especially back then, 20 years ago. It was really quite shocking. So the way buyers are treated in front of the big marble reception desk that looks very glamorous and all the smiles and the veneers and it's very different to how they're discussed behind closed doors with real estate agents because real estate agents 100% work for the vendor and they're very nice people but we have to understand what their job is. They're like any other part of the community. Some are nice, some aren't. I actually got a call from a buyer's agent probably about 15 years ago. And they said, do you fancy working from the other side? And it was an absolute no-brainer. And that was about 12, 15 years ago. From day one, absolutely loved it. Because when you're a real estate agent, you've got one product to sell. And if it's been a bad purchase, if it's a dud property, you can't really do much for your client. All you can do is put a bit of paint on. But with a buyer's agent, you're making people's wealth for them. You're choosing the right property for them to buy. I started off buying investments in Sydney when you could 12, 15 years ago. You could buy a little apartment in Coogee, Bronte, two-bedroom parking for six fifty. Obviously, they've doubled and more now. So then I set up my own business four years ago, so 2017. I guess the beauty for a first home buyer is the fact that you've been a real estate agent. Uh, mm. You've seen that side of the equation on the same mm. token. You can provide that level of support to a new home buyer. For those people that don't know, what is a buyer's agent? I do absolutely everything. Right from the beginning, I get your brief really tight. So I've got a really detailed brief that you fill in. And if there's two people buying, both partners have to fill them in separately, and I then analyze them. Once we go through that brief, it's a foundation. It's a stepping stone to work from. So you really have to know what you're looking for, what you can afford, and what you can buy within that budget. It all comes back to the budget. And then once we've got that sorted, I go and look for the property. What property am I looking for? I'm looking for the right property for the right price for where you are right now, for the best capital growth and for the best lifestyle possible. Because 
everything is an investment. So I'll go off and I'll look for the property. And then when I come across something I feel is worth the buyer's time, I'll say, okay, I found something. Let's go and have a look at it. And if they like it, then I start my own due diligence before we spend any money. And the main due diligence is price research, making sure that that property is in their budget. And then if you decide, we as a team decide that, yep, it is in your budget. Only then do we move forward and spend money and ask the solicitor to have a look at the contract or the building and pest guy or the strata people. Only then do we spend money. From there, if that all passes and all my other due diligence passes and we really think it's the right property and now the contract is nice and tight and clean as well, we go and put an offer in. And I will put that offer in as a private treaty, what we call a private sale. And that can be in an auction campaign or not. What you've mentioned to me in terms of what a buyer's agent does is essentially is on the side of the buyer and essentially guides them through the process of the purchase of the property from the beginning. There's a few things that you mentioned there that I wanted to point out and we'll go back to the underquoting. So you did mention underquoting and doing price research. Mm. What is this concept of underquoting? So you'll walk in and you'll say, oh, what's the price? What do you want for this one? So they'll say one of two things. They'll give you a price or they'll say, we don't know. We have no idea. What do you think? <laughs> that's absolute rubbish. Yeah, that's they have told their vent, <laughs> yeah. you know. So they're trying to get from buyers what your budget is, how excited you are. It's all dialogue. The other thing they'll say is a price. So say they say, oh, we think this is worth a million. And here's my comparables to back that up. You've got to make sure those comparables are from this date. So not a year ago. You've got to make sure those comparables aren't on a busy road, aren't south facing, aren't in an inferior block, inferior street. You've really got to look at those comparables. Now, those comparables may come up in my own price research, but they rarely do. I don't see them as comparables. So they will say, I think this apartment or house, whatever, is worth a million. Straight away, in your head, you add 10%. So you go, okay, 1.1. So that's on the day there and then. But then you go away and do your price research. And that means going into the sold properties on realestate.com.au and domain.com.au, putting in your criteria, your budget, and what you're looking for in the suburb. And all the sold properties will come up. You've got to then go through and find properties you think are genuinely comparable in the last three months. A bank valuation only goes back three months. So anything over six months is null and void. I print them off. I go through floor plans. I look at aspects. I look at streets. A price research takes two days. And that price research will then in turn create what your budget. And you mentioned an absolute hmm. budget. So what would you say to a first-time buyer trying to work out a budget? Okay. In my book, Mind, Body, Soul. Yes. I don't know what page it's on. I should have looked it up, yeah. but I've got a list of everything that you will need to pay down to cleaners, removalists, and the big one, obviously, is your mortgage and tax. So you've got to know what your budget is to start with. And then within a property, putting that aside, what are you willing to pay for this particular property? Are you willing to pay a little bit over to get that home? Now, if you're willing to pay a bit over for a home, it's okay because it's going to come up. You're going to be in it for a long time, but you've got to go in with eyes wide open. Once you buy a property and there's no going back, the next step is the bank comes in and tells a third party valuer and you've got to be able to trust that valuer. Now, again, as a buyer's agent, I always meet the valuer, always. And I take my price research with me and 
I pretend I'm there for something else because by now I've built up a relationship with a real estate agent. Okay. So I've been dealing with them for four or five weeks. I probably knew them anyway. So I'll be upfront with the real estate agent. I'll say exactly what I want to do. They don't, they want the deal to go through. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll say, I'm going to meet the valuer there and I'll take my price research with me. And I may have tweaked it also. Who knows? But I'll just say, oh, oh, fancy meeting you. Surprise. Oh. I just happened to have my price research <laughs> As on well, me. well, even more oh, of a surprise. Good Lord, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say, look, I did the exact same research you're about to do. Do you want mine? Do you want to have a look at mine? Or I'll say, do you want me to email it through to you? Yeah. Some will say yes and some will say no, but it's always worth a go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've mentioned that. So there can be a difference. So when you create that budget, if you do go over, there are implications. And I guess this is not the time mm. and place to go into what they may be. Obviously, you speak to a mortgage broker, they'll articulate those or a buyer's agent will be able to guide you through those as well. I guess the point is that the process can be quite complicated and seeing some of the insights that you bring to the table and, and buyer's agent will bring to the table, not that this is a game, but there's a way that you can play things and there's a way that you can conduct things. It's a dance. And it's a dance, correct, yeah. And so it's about... It's a dance with a real estate agent. Exactly. And I guess it's important to know what that looks like and how that could essentially work that when you create the budget, so there's a few implications there and definitely reach out to a buyer's agent or to a mortgage broker potentially who can basically guide you through this. So in terms of the role of a buyer's agent in buying a property for a first home buyer, at what point should a first home buyer consider contacting a buyer's agent? I would like them to come straight to me. So they've got their mortgage from you and you say, look, I really think you're brand new to this go and speak to a buyer's agent, go and speak to Elaine. Unfortunately, they tend to come when they've been out there and they've been hammered and they've spent already a lot of money on building and pests, solicitors, and they come and all that excitement has gone. They've been bashed over the head rather nastily by the system. And that's when they tend to come to me. But uh, yeah, right at the beginning. All right. I know you've mentioned your book and we'll definitely have details of that in the show notes as well. So listeners can go and see what that's about. Tell us a little bit about that book. Okay. So my book is called Mind, Body, Sold, Your Holistic Guide to Buying Property Like a Pro Using Your Head, Your Heart and Your Smarts. But the idea is the book is there for you guys. I split it into three sections. So the first is Mindset. There's so much about mindset, especially with first home buyers in property. As I say, you go from this excitement to quite often disappointment, but you can be like that rabbit in the lights as well and just freeze. It's a really scary thing to do. So there's a lot there about mindset too and believing in yourself and stepping forward. I do touch on how important it is for women to buy property because property does not understand the gender pay gap. Mm -hmm. In fact, property doesn't understand any socioeconomic gap. It'll come up or down whoever buys it, which is why we've got to buy the right property. You make your money when you buy. But honestly, the biggest section is how to buy a property as a professional. I don't know who out there is a Game of Thrones fan, but I actually depict the auction as Game of Thrones. The buyers are the Starks who come in all innocent. Yay, this is fun. The real estate agents are the Lannisters. They're steely. They're in charge of the game. And the auctioneer is Littlefinger with no allegiance to anyone, really. You did mention the right property. And I'm sure (laughs) that there's a very long answer for that, too, in terms of what it is. But if we could pick it down to a few key aspects. I mean, what's the principle behind finding the right property? And what would make a right property as opposed to it not being the right property? Really short. Good light. Good location. Okay. 
So light, we mean obviously sunlight and, and yeah, I not guess, electric light. No, not, not like that. Not like lots of lights in the house or anything. <laughs> a, torch. <laughs> a torch, a torch is good. Um, so I get, and that's the aspect of the positioning of the house, I imagine. So whether it's facing, yeah. which in which direction it's facing, yeah. taking good aspect. Yep, yeah, good aspect. That's the term and location. Yep. Yeah. So if you can get close to transport cafes, but the main thing really is a quiet street, because if you buy in a hot market, to me, the only reason you buy on a busy street is that it's a hot market, things are moving quickly, and you're panic buying. But once the market softens, and there's an apartment or house just like yours, two streets back on a quiet, pretty little residential street, and there's yours on a main road, which one a buyer is going to choose? If we have a look at some purchasing basics for first home buyers, what do you recommend would be the best way to approach a real estate agent? Carefully. As I say, be open, be nice. Take what they say with a pinch of salt. Take it on board. Really listen. What I mean by when people come in as excited, when you're really excited, you don't tend to listen. You tend to talk. You know how Nana used to say, you've got uh, two ears, one mouth? Yeah. Yeah. So listen more than talk. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're not kind and nice and all that thing. So they are a professional. They do know the answers to what you're asking for, but they will skew things. They know how far to push things without getting reported. It's really important to know what to believe. So if a real estate agent says to you, listen, I think this might sell in the next few days, you're going to have to move quickly. Believe him because that's a really direct instruction. They say, yeah, we've got a couple of offers in. They've all got a couple of offers in. They're trying to get your adrenaline going. Do you know the amount of times I've said to buyers, what's the worst thing that would happen if you lost out on this property? And when they really think about it, nothing. And I'm like, what is it that you love about it so much? We don't really. It's just the real estate agent is so good at getting your adrenaline going. You've got to keep your feet on the ground do your research. And if they put that kind of pressure on you and say, it's selling in three days, you can do it in three days. It's not a panic. All you're going to do is your due diligence, get the contract looked at, work out your budget and make an offer. Yeah, It's easy. And I think a good thing to say to them as well at that point, it would be something along the lines of, I'm interested, don't sell it without letting me know. The way to do that legally is ask for the contract. All contract holders need to be told. And 99% of agents actually do come back to contract holders. They certainly come back to contract holders who have stayed close. Yeah. This is mm. a big mistake first mm. buyers do, mm. especially if mum and dad are involved because it's changed so much. So they've got to come back to contract holders. But if you've stayed close, even like a response to an email, they will come back to you. They have to come back to you. So I want to spend some time now talking about the two main methods of purchase. First one being private treaty and the second one being auction. So if it's a private treaty, what are your tips and guides for that? Haskell's up for sale and it's got a price on it. That's what we mean by private treaty. It's just a plain sale. Like you buy a dress, it's got a price on it, or you buy a car and the exchange should happen, but they're probably underquoting there. And very often you'll see offers above. So that's what we mean by a private treaty. So the house is for sale, it's got a price on it. You go in, you play calm, cool, collected, but you like it. You do your price research. You decide what your maximum bid is, and so you come in with an offer. Now, Sydney moves incredibly quickly. So to me, an offer is on contract with something called a 66W. Your lawyer or conveyancer will give you a piece of paper called a 66W, but the easiest way to think about it is it puts it under auction conditions. So when you give that contract with a 66W and your check to the real estate agent, 
And he goes to his seller and those contracts exchange. That's all exchanges. Two hands go like that. It's the hammer's gone down. It's under auction conditions. So when I put an offer in, I do that because it's putting a suitcase of money at their feet. You're saying to them, I'm ready to exchange right now. Now, what most people do is do exactly what the agent wants and they'll do it by email or verbally, or can you do this? I remember once when I was a real estate agent, this buyer said to me, Elaine, I can go up another 20000 but don't tell the vendor. <laughs> They'd already told the vendor. Yeah. So I was like, no, sure. Yeah. They were like, we're happy with another five, but you can go at another 20. So I didn't do anything. I went for coffees, filed my nails, yeah. came back at the end of the day or four or five hours later and said, look, really great news. I use sitting down. They wouldn't accept the five, but I worked on them all day. They've accepted the 20. We're exchanging. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> they obviously didn't have a buyer's agent, did they? They didn't have a buyer's agent. <laughs> Don't tell the vendor. No, no. I mean, you hear that all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm willing to go to this. but And once you say I'm willing to go to this, but I'm not sure. Yeah. They will work, especially if they've only got one or two buyers. There's yeah. a saying, I only had one buyer, but I nailed their feet to the ground. Yeah. And that's what they do. Yeah. So anyway, so that's why I have a treaty is don't make the mistake of giving away anything by phone or by email. Anything other than a contract okay. that is under auction conditions are love letters. Okay. Got it. They're just communication. And I guess that would go towards the strength of the offer. So like an offer that's just an email is obviously not a very strong offer. It's not an offer. You've either gone into the shop and you've bought the dress Mm. and it's in your bag and Mm. you're walking out with a receipt. You now own that dress Mm. or you've tried it on. You've spent hours in the shop going, does it suit me? And you've gone away, bought a coffee, come back in, the dress is gone. On that notion. So if you're going to be putting an offer, the only way that can be done is via a contract with a price on the contract. It's a really hard yeah. thing to do. I've had agents get so cross with me and go, Elaine, you must have an idea. And I'm like, look, I'm coming in this afternoon. I will have my offer for you then. So you've got to be really strong. These guys know what they're doing. Mm. So if you're going to say anything, go lower. Okay. It's really hard when you have an alpha personality hammering you. And I've been doing this for a long time. And I know how to stand up for myself with a smile on my yeah. face. Yeah. And go, I'm coming, I'm coming. I yeah. won't be long. You'll yeah. know in a few hours. Yeah. And this all plays a part in auction as well to some degree because when it comes to auctions, and let's talk a little bit about those, there is the ability to put offers in. And that's a question I get quite a bit as a mortgage broker is I'm thinking of putting an offer in before auction. And that's Mm. we're reverting then to the negotiation, the private treaty strategy. Mm. However, if we talk more about auction now and the actual auction and the day itself, do you have any tips or advice for for first home buyers when it comes to auctions and how to conduct those and how to present in those? So many tips for an auction. You've got to stay calm with a smile on your face till your very last dollar. The biggest mistake people do is they start whispering on the auction floor. And the only thing you're whispering about on the auction floor is that you're running out of money. Yeah. So this is why you have to have your absolute maximum before you walk on that floor. Honestly, that's the one tip. But don't whisper on the auction floor. You bid strong and hard with good eye contact to your competing buyers, to the auctioneer. Tell the real estate agent to stop whispering in your ear. If you need to say to him or her, I will not bid again until you stop whispering in my ear, whisper it. Don't make a fool out of them. Just say, I just need to focus. That's all I say. Listen, I just need to concentrate. Do you mind leaving me alone? Because I just can't think. And that's what they're doing, by the way. They're trying to, but I do it professionally and nicely. Of course. But I had to do it once. 
where I had to say to this young guy who was really shouting at me, really. And I just said, I'm not bidding again. Anyway, mm. but you have to know your maximum bid. If I see somebody whispering, I'm like, they're at the end. Yeah, so yeah. there's a couple of things I can do then. I can just go faster or come in with a killer bid. Yeah. And the way I've heard it described as well is your final budget, like the end of the cliff, and you run as fast as you can to that end point. But once you get there, you stop. All right. So if yeah. we come back then to some common mistakes that you see some first home buyers making. So not doing enough research, not going to enough auctions, going into a first open for inspection and following that campaign all the way to the end. What were they quoting? And what did it sell for? This is a massive purchase. And I do find people put more research into buying a car, maybe a $400 pair of jeans. Very often people will just go and see a property once, having not followed other campaigns. So maybe while you're waiting for your pre-approval, because that can take a while these days, really follow the market. Get out there on a Saturday. And as I say, follow these campaigns. Never bid against yourself. And that's what they do. The auctioneer goes, the real estate agent goes, look, it's not on the market. Don't bid against a vendor's bid because I'm telling you, a vendor doesn't want to buy their own house. So if there's a vendor bid put in, what would you, you just say? You wouldn't go over that particular I bid? wouldn't. I'd, no, yeah. this is a real life example. It was one of the big agencies and the room was full because it wasn't an on-site okay. auction. Yeah. It was packed. And I had my client with me. Not all clients are fabulous as I had this kind of, let's just say there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. From the auctioneer, from the room itself, everyone, again, I was pretty much, there'd been other competition. We had a bit of money left in us, but not a great deal. That property still wasn't on the market. So they threw in a vendor's bid. And I just said, no, I'm going to give someone else a go. I'll just wait for someone else. (laughs) Confidence, ultimate confidence. I suppose, yeah. yeah, But it puts them off their stride. It's hard to put an auctioneer off their stride, but that kind of thing does. does, And going back to this last first homer I just mentioned, it had been such a shambles of an auction. They'd been in and out. There'd been offers of 1.6 on this house early in the campaign. It was a boom. My clients were in Japan and I had been under strict instructions not to disturb them because they needed a break because a lot of my job is to keep people moving forward, not to give up, not to get despondent. And this house had come up I knew they'd love it. And the agent was telling me that he'd lost his buyers and blah, blah, blah. So I said to him, listen, I have got someone, but they can't afford it. And he said, I think it's worth you coming. So that's why the auction was a shambles. The vendors were in pieces. So they'd had these offers of one six. I managed to buy it for one four five, but I was at one four. They went in and he came and he whispered in my ear. And he said, you come up a little bit more. Because I kept saying, I've got nothing in me. I'm done. And you come up a little bit more and we'll drop the hammer. I did bid against myself. It's the only time in my whole career I've bid against myself. But don't forget, they'd had offers of one six. Yeah, so we're got- still a long way off. And I had a lot more to spend. So I did. And they wouldn't drop the hammer. He kept going round and round, going anywhere else. And I just got increasingly annoyed, yeah. not showing it. Yeah. And he was saying, look where we are. Look at the cafes. And in the end, I said, well, could you drop the hammer so we can go and have a coffee? Yeah. Then I got everyone on my side. Everyone laughed and they were all like, yeah, come on, drop the hammer. I actually got the crowd going. And I didn't mean to have that, but he had gone on so long. Yeah. Anyway, the hammer dropped. And then I went up to my first home buyers and they were very unexcited. And I was like, you don't look very excited. And they were like, we're going inside to negotiate now, aren't we? They couldn't believe it. I was like, no, No. it's done. It's It's yours. Oh, wow. How exciting. Yeah. And I guess once they realized that was the case. 
I bet oh. the, the smiles came on. He said I looked like a petulant teenager. You know? <laughs> <sighs> no, I think in that story, I think, I mean, I was running the emotion with you in that case because you can really see when that auction itself, even in the explanation that happened a few years ago, it is an intense couple of moments because of the nature of the purchase and how big it is and how much it means to mm. people. So when you've got somebody alongside you that can guide you through that process, it, there might be some financial burden in that potentially, but that's definitely offset by the experience and the value that you're getting. To wrap things up, I just wanted to know if you had three tips for a first home buyer when it comes to buying their first home. Okay, so handle the real estate agent carefully. Do your research. Really do your research. As you say, the auction that you walk in on, don't let that be your first auction. Watch campaigns from the beginning to the very end. What were they quoting at the beginning? What did it sell for? Know your budget. Michael and I spoke about a story last week. It wasn't a client of mine, but he was a first home buyer. It was a friend's brother. And he put in 950,000. It was an off-market apartment, so there was no rush. There was no other buyers involved, I don't believe. I don't think there was at this level. The valuation came back in at 200,000 less, at 750,000. So that's 200,000 he had to come up with. My fee would have been a fraction of that, but he knew better. Yeah. And he had to walk away from the deal. He didn't yeah. have 200000 to top up. All right. Thank you very much for that. I think your insights and tips were really great. And we went through that quite considerably. So thank you so much for all of that. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? My website is newroadproperty.com, not .au. Don't know why I did that, but that's what it is. Yeah. And then on Facebook, I'm New Road Property. I've got a page. And on Instagram, I'm also New Road Property. You'll be able to buy the book on newroadproperty.com in, in a couple of weeks. Right now, it's on amazon.com.au. Okay. And also, I have links to the show notes as well, so people can get in touch with you if they want to get in touch and ask you a question. Thank you so much. I hope I've helped somebody out there somewhere. Sure Michael, thank you so much for inviting me on. No problem. It's been a blast. You've been listening to The Home Run, your guide for buying your first home in Australia. This podcast was produced by Lendstreet. Lendstreet is a mortgage broker and home loan specialist that helps first home buyers find the right loan to meet their needs. We know applying for a loan can be overwhelming and complex, so we help guide and support first home buyers through the process from start to finish. To find out more, head to our website, lendstreet.com.au. We've also put a link in the show notes. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Home Run, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Michael Nasser, and we'll be back next episode covering another step on the journey to owning your first home.